let's get right into today's lesson. I want to pick up with point number two. We have been talking about a wounded worshiper. Will you say that? A wounded worshiper. Talking about that individual, those individuals who willfully, intentionally holds offenses. Individuals who are unwilling to let things go. And we've seen throughout this teaching, our first point was that when we harbor unforgiveness, it will kill our witness. And not only that, but we left off in Hebrews 12, verse 15, uh, when we refuse to do that and, and rely on our own power to try to do it, we remove ourselves from God's grace. We need the person, presence, power of Holy Spirit to walk in freedom. We need God's help to release forgiveness. We can't do it on our own. So, so and, and when we harbor that, that root of bitterness grows. And as a result, it causes those that I come in contact with to become defiled, especially if they receive what I'm trying to spew out. So it's important that we release hurts, that we release offenses, that we give it to God. Nobody's saying it's going to be easy. That's why we need his help. I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. Are you with me? So we're talking about those who willfully harbor or hold on to offenses or they won't release themselves from the hurt. We say this, let go of the hurt. We're not still on this by happenstance. The Lord wants you to walk in freedom. He wants you to walk in a liberty whereby he has set you free. You will never heal from a hurt that you're holding on to. You will never heal from a hurt that you're holding on to. Or I like it this way. You will never heal from a hurt that you choose to hold on to. And here's the danger when we, and we got this from verse 15, and we've explained both of these verses, so I won't spend any time on that today. But when we allow hurts to linger, not only does it kill our witness, but the root of bitterness grows up, causing trouble and defiles. That word defile usually means it pollutes, it corrupts, it stains many. And many have been stained by another person's hurt. Many have been stained by their own biases. Being that because they seen it wrong, they allowed offense to take root, so now they're stained. And what happens because uh, of that hurt, we want everyone around us to feel what we feel. But here's the thing. You need to release it for your freedom. <laughs> The other person is not the one hostage. You hold yourself hostage when you choose to hold on to it. I know it was bad. I know it seems unforgivable. But if you want to be free, you have to say, I choose to let it go. I, I know it's going to be a healing process, but Lord, I am trusting you. You know what he did. You know what she did, but I still choose to trust you. And people don't get it. You only grow more and more corrupt when you hold on to it. And here's one of the dangers about harboring and holding offenses. It makes you vulnerable. You live in a vulnerable state. I would write that down. And when you're vulnerable, that means that you're capable of or you're more susceptible to being attacked, damaged, 
hurt even more. Why? Because, listen, it makes you weaker when you hold on to it. Oh. Why do you say that? You ever seen somebody who's gripped by something? It seems like every time they talk about it, it goes from one degree to a greater degree. You can hear it in their voice. You see it in their actions. And, And although you may think you're right and okay, you're not. You're deceived. Are you here? So, when I hold it, I want you to get this. When I hold on to an offense, it makes me vulnerable. Let me show you. Notice, when you're vulnerable, it means that you're susceptible, susceptible to being attacked, right? Damaged or hurt even greater. Proverbs 25, 28. Let me show you something. So we have to let it go. Is it going to be easy? That's why so many relationships, especially marriages, are topsy-turvy. Individuals unwilling to let things go. That's why a lot of relationships are fractured in churches. Christians, people who are supposed to represent God in the earth, won't let things go. Christians, believers, like a city that is broken down and without walls, leaving it unprotected, is a man who has no self-control over his spirit and sets himself up for trouble. So, when you don't possess self-control. You're like a city with broken down walls. In ancient Egypt, cities were fortified. They were walled it. You remember Jericho? That was their safeguard. And anytime it was compromised or breached, the people were now exposed to greater danger. Why? Because you have breached my safeguard. That's why you need the person in presence and power of Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's our safeguard. And let me say this. You cannot possess self-control without Holy Spirit. No, you can't. Even James talks about the tongue. How no man can tame. But with the power of Holy Spirit... Oh, yeah, you can get it together. So if you want to possess self-control, you need Holy Spirit. That's why it's it's good and beneficial to every. And I say it all the time, pray every day in Holy Spirit. Why? Because you edify yourself. You're charging yourself up. You are fortifying yourself. You, You are making yourself that much stronger against attack. Why? Because it's not your power at work. It's his power at work in you. Let me show you. Galatians 2, 23, I'm sorry, 22 and 23. (laughs) Can I say this? Willpower will only go so far. But if you want real self-control, Holy Spirit, I need your help. That's why he told the disciples, wait in Jerusalem for the power. That word wait, tarry, it means to wait. He wasn't saying tarry in the sense of gee, gee, gee. That, That's not what he meant. He meant wait here for the power. Don't go out until you get the power. Not tarry in the sense of gee, 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 gee. No, you wait till you get the power. Are you here? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Hold on. If I'm harboring unforgiveness, you're not walking in love. Let me tell you something. You might fake a front, but there's no real joy. Why? Because that thing's eating you. From, from, listen, it grows corrupt. 
peace. You ever held something against somebody? And we start doing other things to, 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 to uh, cope with because I don't have peace. That's why sometimes when people experience trauma sometimes, if, if there's no good support group and, and there's no relying on the Holy Spirit, they venture off into other things. A lot of people become addicted to drugs because of the trauma and they couldn't handle it. Are you here? Long-suffering, kindness. You ever seen a kind, offended person? Huh? Goodness, faithfulness, verse 23, gentleness. Say, uh, huh? Is a fruit of what? So one of the characteristics of the fruit, not fruits, fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So uh, against there is uh, no law. What he means right there is that uh, Paul was talking to those, again, who went from Judaism to Christianity. And he said, listen, when you're led by Holy Spirit, you're not subject to the law. You're being led by Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? Are you with me? Gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And what he was telling them, when you, again, when you're led by the Holy Spirit, you're not subject to keeping these various ceremony, ceremonies to be right with God. I have to show you that since we don't went there. Let me show you real quick. Galatians uh, 3. I think it's verse 3 and 4 or 4. Let me show you. I intend to go here, but since we're there. But what I wanted to show you here is that if I want to possess self-control, I need the power of who? Holy Spirit. Galatians 3, let me. Uh, yeah, we're still in it. Let me. That's, no, Galatians 3. Let me, let, let me go to it in my, and I'll just read it to you. Where's it at? Have you suffered so many things in the, okay, verse 4. Go to verse 4. Are you here? Yeah. Galatians 3. No, go to 3. I'm sorry, go to 3. Let's go to 3. Uh, are you so, uh, okay, yeah. Notice he said, are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? So we're saying, no, listen, no, you're being led by the spirit now. You're not being made perfect by the flesh. In other words, keeping the demands of what you used to be under. Talking about the law. Okay, who got that? All right, so the point I wanted to show you there is that the, one of the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So if I want self-control, say this, if I want to possess self-control, it's vital that I lean on the person, presence, power of Holy Spirit. So to the person who's been trying to stop doing that on your own, that's why you're unsuccessful. You're trying to do it. <laughs> you don't have the power to do it. It's short-lived. You might do it for a week, two weeks. I, yeah, I'll do it. I did it for two weeks. Yeah, then the fifth week. Oh, Lord, I got weak. But if you, if you tap into his power and allow him to lead, Say it again, you'll stick with it. Are you here? So it makes you vulnerable. Now, then we said the key to fighting bitterness is what? Forgiveness. Someone say, let it go. It, see, here's the thing about offense. We choose to hold on to it. 
we're going to see offenses are going to come. Primetime says, we coming. Offense says, I'm coming. <laughs> Whether you want it to or not, it's coming. And it's up to you, beloved, whether or not you allow it to take root. Okay? So the key to fighting bitterness is, is forgiveness. It's giving the offense, beloved, over to God. It's giving the hurt over to God. First Peter 2, 21 through 23. You, you may not want to say this because you may not be ready, but say it. Call those things that be not as though they were. I'm going to let it go. I mean, you, 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 may, you may be resistant to the fifth power, but still, I'm going to let it go. Say it. Don't be afraid to. I'm going to see how y'all kind of whispering and moment. That's telling me, you know, I'm going to let it go. And watch this. Everybody knows what he or she is holding. Yeah, yes, you do. You, you know who you can, it's probably, you're probably thinking about right now. You know what you're holding. For as a believer, you have been called for this purpose since Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you may follow his foot, in his footsteps. He committed no sin, nor was deceit ever found in his mouth. While being reviled and, and, and insulted, he did not revile or insult in return. While suffering, he made no threats of vengeance, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges fairly. See, see, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but you have to give it to God and trust. He knows how to deal with him or her a whole lot better than I can. So, Lord, I'm going to give it over to you and trust you for the healing. Why? Because we've seen on last, the last couple of weeks that he heals the brokenhearted. So I have to trust and know that he's going to heal me. Listen, you, you have to know that when you're trusting him for the healing, you may not feel healed, but you know you're healed. See, you have to know that I'm healed. So those days when you don't feel like it, oh, no, I'll let that thing go. person, and let me say this, so we want to entrust it, Jesus was insulted. Notice he didn't slander when he was insulted, didn't retaliate, didn't seek vengeance. Well, I'm not Jesus, but you, he's our example. And he has given us Holy Spirit to help us. A person's hurts write this down. A person hurts or traps himself when he refuses to obey or live in agreement with God's word. So a person traps a person traps or hurts himself when he refuses to obey or live in agreement with God's word. What did I just say? That w when I refuse to live in agreement with his word, man of God, I entrap myself. I hurt myself. Say it again. I hurt myself. Psalm 119, 67, 68. Why is he teaching on that? I'm not ready to let it go. Well, what you're saying is that you are choosing to become more and more corrupt or bitter. And again, <laughs> holding something doesn't hurt the other person. You only hurt yourself. And as I said before, you might as well let it go. Well, why would you say that? Because that's not the last time 
you're probably going to be hurt. And if you keep living, not that we're looking for it, you're probably going to be disappointed more times than you can count. You're going to be offended more times than you can count. And the opportunity to be hurt will come more times than you can count. Than you can count. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now, I keep and honor your word with love and obedience. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. So had not I went astray, perhaps some of this could have been avoided. So some things I'm saying, beloved, we can bring upon ourselves when we live out of agreement with the word of God. Verse 68, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. God is good and he does good. Point two, we've been trying to get here for three weeks. The opportunity to become offended will not cease. You, you got that? The opportunity to become offended will not cease. And put this next to it in parentheses. But allowing it to take root is my choice. So what did I say? The opportunity to become offended will not cease. But allowing it to take root is whose choice? My choice. Who sees this? Okay, now let's um, go to Luke 17, verses 1 through 3. Y'all there? Then he said to the disciples, this is Jesus speaking, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. Now, let's take note of a couple things. Number one, offenses are going to come. I just don't want to be the one doing the offending. <laughs> and notice when a person is bitter, they defile many men that now you have caused him to stumble or her to stumble. We know, put the definition up, the word offense is the Greek word scandalin. It's trans the transliteration is the Greek word scandalin. It means a trap stick for bait, a snare, a stumbling block. It's the trigger of a trap. It's the part of the, the mechanism closing the trap down on an unsuspected victim. So just to kind of give you a little bit, to make it a little bit more lucid, anybody ever seen a mousetrap? So it would be the, the, the part of the trap that clamps down on the unsuspecting victim. As a matter of fact, if you have rats or mice, coat the cheese with peanut butter. Just a nugget. <laughs> I would write that down if I was you. We've never had them, but at one location, one of our churches in the back, it was, they were rats on steroids. Were they not, Tamara? They suckers as big as cats. And uh, we finally got rid of them because it was near the woods at the back. So I don't know how they were getting in, but every time we coat that cheese with peanut butter and come in there the next morning, yeah, we had to use them big mouth. We couldn't use them. <laughs> 
<laughs> they were walking around with them on their feet coming in. They see one dragging that sucker on there. Yeah, brother, I'm still here. <laughs> hey, man, that sucker. <laughs> we we <laughs> get them jackets. But every time we coat it with peanut butter, it works. So who had, I don't know why we had to stop and who the Lord wanted to hear that, but coat it with peanut butter. All right? So scandaling, it stresses the method of what? Of entrapment. But here's the part. We got to understand, that is how someone is caught by their own devices, like their personal bias and corner thinking. So what happens, men of God, notice we said, it taking root is my choice. And most oftentimes, it takes root because of our own carnal thinking or personal biases. Took it the wrong way. Personal biases, carnal thinking. Why do you talk to me like that? Why? See, again, that's why we, we, we say so often, it's coming, but it don't have to take root. That's your choice. That's why we need the person, presence, and power of the Holy Spirit to block my personal biases. In my carnal thinking. So when I want to respond this way, I yield to Holy Spirit. No, I'm not even going to get it. I see that trap. I see what he's trying to do. And I'm not going to walk into it. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your power. Again, guys, it's inevitable to live on this planet without the possibility of ever getting hurt, offended, misunderstood, lied to, lied on, or rejected. I would write that down again, and maybe it'll help you. If you keep living, let me say it this way, you're going to get hurt. I'm not making that a negative confession. I'm saying it's coming sometime. Thank you. You're going to be misunderstood. You're going to be lied to. Yes, you will. You're going to be lied on, rejected. How do you get over rejection? Let it go. Just that easy. You know why things hurt us? We we, we held on to stuff. (laughs) He don't like it. That's you don't have to like me. Don't don't be rejected. I asked her. She turned me down. Ain't. It's 8 billion people on the planet. I guess, I don't, maybe 9 now, I don't know. How many is on here? <laughs> so you let one rejection? No, oh, you stronger than that, bro. Sis, whoever the... Pastor, I asked him now, and he, he, he said no. This is my question. Is he the last man on the world? No. Let it go. See, 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 let, let me tell you. Oh, does it help? I know y'all like this kind of teaching. Uh, no, no, let me know what I'm about to say next. You know, you know, sometimes God got to block the wrong man so you can get the right man. See how y'all woke up? Y'all like that. See, sometimes God got to send the wrong woman in order for you to get the right woman. Some of y'all need to call me and say, hey, you know what? I just want to thank you for rejecting me, man, because my bow ass is coming. My she ass is coming. Walk tall. I don't know who this is for. Walk tall, man. Yeah. You got, you got to be strong, man. When we used to go to clubs, man, and if, if somebody wanted to dance, I, I didn't think about it. I just went to the next person. Maybe she didn't like them. I didn't. Oh, man. I, I never held walls in clubs. I danced all night. That was my now. Let's da- I'm dancing with some, somebody going to dance. 
And it, it never ceased to amaze me. I'm like, you was a boogie anyway. Now, now this one? Y'all stop letting people just, just, just wreck your whole day. You know what's happening? You're letting it offend you. You have to let it go. Who was that for? Verse 2, it would, be, it would be better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Look at verse 3. Take heed to yourselves. Do you see this? Take heed to your, you, you stay on guard. If your brother sins, that word sins in the Greek, it literally means to miss the mark by falling short of God's standard or to do wrong or make a mistake. So if someone falls short or make a mistake against you, rebuke them. And if he repents, forgive him. And under the covenant that we're on now, even if he don't repent, forgive him. Why? Because just as Christ forgave you, you must also forgive others. See, don't mistake this as if, well, he didn't repent, so I'm not going to forgive him. That is not what he's saying here. As a matter of fact, the condition whereby we must, that, 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 that they were under, the condition of forgiveness, that was nailed to the cross. We've seen that a couple weeks ago relative to Matthew uh, chapter 6. Are you here? So in these verses, we find another key dealing with offenses. Notice after Jesus said the offenses would come, he said that we should be on guard. Take heed to yourselves. See, that's why you have to stay built up. Are you here? And I've said this before. Actually, offense itself is not dangerous if it is killed at the root. You hear? It's when we pick it up and consume it, feed on it, let it seep in our hearts. That's when we become trapped. It's almost like this relative to our personal biases and our corner thinking. It's like you present me with the trap, and I take it, man of God, and I do all the things necessary for it to clamp down on me. You present it to me, and it's up to me whether I want it to clamp down or not. It's coming, but I don't have to let it. That part is up to me. And if I don't have Holy Spirit, guess what I'm going to do every time? Go ahead and trap yourself. And here's the thing. The offense will always color your thinking. Offenses will always color your thinking. It distorts your outlook. That's why, let me give you a prime example. That's why when you're offended, the story is nothing like it actually happened. Your judgment is impaired, just like someone under the influence. Why? Because of the hurt, the anger, the rage. That's why we need Holy Spirit. And you'll be amazed of how many people are offended, Brother Moore, by little. So we're going to get into how to prevent myself from taking an offense. Because we need, we, we need to know how to combat that. And one of the things, and I'll just give you a nugget, one of the things we have to stop doing is taking every little thing personally. And I'm going to tell you, when you're not a student of the Word, when you're not built up in the Word, every little thing will offend you. Being that you took, you, you took the bait. Don't allow trivial, nugatory, inconsequential matters to destroy right connections, good relationships, and golden opportunities. I say it again. Don't allow trivial, nugatory, inconsequential matters to destroy right connections, good relationships, and golden opportunities. You know how many people missed a golden opportunity all because 
they got offended. You know how many people miss out on valuable relationships? I'm talking about you know who helped you and who do for you, who done for you, and who's always there for you. How they miss out because little things. Solomon 2.15, let me show you something. Solomon warns of warns us of the little foxes that spoil the vines. Let me show you. Someone says it's the little things. Let them go. I keep hearing it. It's hard. You don't know. See, that's why we tap into Holy Spirit. Again, if I don't have self-control, I'm like that city whose walls are flat. I'm open prey. I think one trans, I think the message translation says, you're like a house with uh, no doors or no windows. Uh, find that one, Tamara. It's like, just imagine, it's like you're going home at night. You set the alarm, but you have no windows. You have no doors. <laughs> Honey, set the alarm. <laughs> For what? <laughs> now, the verse that I gave you, but let's look at this, and I explain what he's talking about. Catch us the foxes, the little foxes that what? Spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. In context, foxes here are example of the kind of problems that disturb or destroy relationships. It is often the little foxes are things that cause the biggest problems in relationships in our lives. This is what Solomon's talking about. So the command here, in essence, is that we should take preventive measures to protect this love or to protect relationships from anything that could harm it. Notice what did Jesus say to the disciples? Take heed to yourselves. You stay on guard. Well, why is this necessary? Because if you're going to maintain good relationships, that means you have to choose to live offense-free. If you're going to maintain good relationships, you have to choose to live offense-free. What do you mean? In other words, when the opportunity is presented, I will not take the bait. Return to sender. I don't want it. So you have to choose to live offense-free. And, and I submit to you, if you get this revelation and implement this today with the help of Holy Spirit, you will find yourself... It, it, you walk around feeling euphoric like you are on this spiritual high because I'm not taking anything personally anymore. I'm choosing to let little things stay where they are. I'm not going to be bound by inconsequential things and mess up good relationships and miss golden opportunities over something No, oh, listen to this. No matter what the scenario, we can divide all offended people into two categories. Let me say it again. No matter what the scenario, we can find all offended people into two categories. Number one, into two categories. Number one, those who have been treated unjustly. So there's those that have been being treated unjustly, right? That's one category. I hear, oh, yeah, that, that's me. I didn't do nothing wrong. I, I, I feel you, bro. I got something for that. I'm, hold on, stay right there. I got, yeah, I'm going to help you. Number two, those who believe they have been treated unjustly. And usually, it's the second one. Those who believe they have been treated unjustly. Why? Because of those carnal biases and carnal thinking. All those personal biases and carnal thinking. Here we go. A person without self-control is like a house with its doors and windows knocked out. Now you can get it. Do you think you would be at peace sleeping with your doors, windows out and doors, uh, not with windows knocked out? Indoors, no doors. 
Do you really think you can sleep at peace? Huh? See, okay, just like you unrest, same thing when you're holding stuff, you're restless. Why? Because I have no control. I'm not a good God of my spirit. So there ain't no way you're going to sleep like a baby and you know all your windows knocked out. I'm not talking about you on an island next to the water, just you in your little cabin. Even then, I I sleep with one eye open. (laughs) Jaws might be out there. But you have those who have been treated unjustly and those who believe they have been treated unjustly. Now watch this. In either case, we are still not justified in allowing the offense to take root. Nor are we justified in being unforgiving. Even though I didn't do anything wrong, I'm still not justified and holding this thing against you. There's still no past because I let it take root. Well, I didn't do anything wrong. Yet, but still, it was your choice whether or not you let it take root. Let me show you something. First Peter 2, 18 through 20. And I think that would be a good... Getting close to a good stopping place. Watch this. You hear? Servants, be submissive to your masters with all proper, are you guys here? Proper respect, not only to those who are good and kind, but also to those who are unreasonable. Do you see this? So even when I have leaders over me, and if they, are, if they seem to be unreasonable, that still doesn't justify me harboring an offense or holding a grudge. I'm going to let the Lord deal with her. I'm going to let the Lord deal with him. And listen, stop all this praying, Eve. You don't, 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 you don't have to pray craziness over people. You don't have to do that. And God, listen, God is not a dog that you can sick on somebody. And that's how people do. Yeah, the Lord, I, I, I'm going to give it to the Lord, but I'm going to let him handle it. But I'm not trying to sick God on you like, do that. I pray today. You don't have to pray. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't reduce yourself to that level. Honey, you know, I'm going to let it go. And, I, and I, however God chooses to deal with you, honey, I'm going to let him deal with it. I'm, I, matter of fact, I, I pray that all things are well. Excuse me. It didn't hit you, did it? You was quick. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was smooth the way she did. Look at that. <laughs> I see <you> slobbering on me. <laughs> she was quick. That was smooth. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. She was looking like yeah. <laughs> That was smooth. I liked it. <laughs> All right. Verse 19. For this finds favor if a person endures the sorrow suffering unjustly because of the awareness of the will of God. Verse 20, after all, what kind of credit is there when you do wrong and are punished for it? You endure it patiently. But when you do what is right and patiently bear undeserved suffering, this finds favor with God. See, see, you want to stay in that place of favor. So I'm going to let it go. Why? Because you think you got the upper hand. No, it, I, I'm just, th- this is causing me to walk in that favor even more so. So you don't lose by doing what's right. That's why I always say you always re- win when you do the right thing. Notice he said in Luke, take heed to yourselves. I'm going to read these couple of verses, and I'm going to get to a stopping place. Psalm 139, 23, 24. Notice he said, take heed to yourselves. Psalm 139, 23. Notice we said, take heed to yourselves. Stay on guard. 
Search me. See, we need to do this sometime too. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. And see if there's any wicked or hurtful way in me. And lead me in, everla- in the everlasting way. See that's, see, that's maturity. That's being led by the Holy Spirit. Lord, this thing really hurt, but I need you to test it. Do a diagnostic on my anxious thoughts. Check my heart. Is there anything wicked or hurt? I'm a child of God. I should be an example of you in the earth. Is there anything wicked, anything hurtful in me? And if it is, lead me in the everlasting way. See, great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing offends them. Why? Because they have entrusted it to God. And when you entrust it to God, nothing offends you. In other words, I don't let it take root. Why? Because I've given it to God. Now, I'm going to say this and I'm going to close for today. Offense is a spiritual seed. And there are four ways that seeds are sown into us. Let me give you these four ways we come to a stopping place. There are four ways seeds are sown into us. What did I just say? There are how many ways? Four ways. Get these four things and we'll be done for today. There are four ways seeds are sown into us. And before I give you those four, just understand this. Offense always start as a thought. And thoughts are seeds that enter your mind. Notice our corner thinking, personal biases. So remember, seeds of offense are the beginning de- developments of offense in our lives. So I have to guard my heart. But you have to remember, we have the ability to refuse the thought uproot the seed before an offense is fully grown in the garden of our hearts. So it's up to me whether or not this thing, I allow this thing to take root. Why? Because I have the ability to refuse or uproot it. So there are four ways seeds are sown into your heart. Number one, we'll elaborate more next week. One way seeds of offense are sown into your heart what others said to you. What others said to you. All some people have ever heard in their lives were cutting and abrasive words. If, if all you heard was you no good and you this, you that, people grow up offended. Not even know they're trapped in it. And that's why sometimes they're insecure and, 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 and mistreat other people. They, they don't even know. How, how do you, you haven't even given a letter to Why? Because those seeds of offense took root of what was said to you. That's why you can't take it personally. And it's not what they say about you. It's whether or not you believe what they say about you or not that's going to cause going to be the determining factor. Do you? Look. Do you believe what he said about you? No, but don't let it bother you. Number two, what others did not say to you. So number one, sees of offense are sown by what others say to us. Number two, sees of offense are sown by what others did not say to us. Some people get offended because they don't feel appreciated. No one ever says thank you. No one ever compliments me. And and let me say this. The Word of God encourages whatever you do, in word or deed, (laughs) do that as unto the Lord. In other words, don't take it personally if they forget or didn't say thank you. Know, know that we mean well. Know that they mean well. Because I'm telling you, when you get a place where God wants you, Satan's job is to uproot you from where you're supposed to be. Well, nobody called me. Don't let that offend you. Maybe they, and here's most oftentimes, when you find out, they didn't even know. 
Are you here? Man, I picked up all the trash. Somebody could have said, thank you. Listen, is that why you did it? For someone to say thank you? See, I have to think about stuff like that. Hey, we all want to be appreciated. We all want to, so we're not saying you shouldn't be venerated. I'm saying if your husband forget to say thank you for cooking a meal, don't go to bed all contorted. Maybe he had work on his mind. Maybe if she forgot to whatever, don't let it. Man, been all day. She ain't even said happy anniversary. Don't let that mess up your day. Are you still married? Yeah. Be happy. Yeah. See how the, the married people clapped on that? Well, they, 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 didn't, they didn't clap. This is the point. Satan will use any little thing, notice, to keep you offended. And watch this. The more offenses, the more the hurt, the more the anger, the more the bitterness, the more the resentment. Number three, seeds of offenses are sown by what others did to us. Maybe something they did. Didn't do, which is number four, and what others didn't do for us. And we will end right there. So number one, four ways seeds of offense are sown into our hearts, what others said to us, what others did not say to us, what others did to us, and what others did not do for us. And let me say this. We may not always be able to prevent an offense from coming, but allowing an offense to take root is my choice. I do not have to become offended. Come on, let's get a Lord hand clap. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.